0: Welcome to the Grow to Gold podcast. My name is Brett Goldstein and I'm your host. And on today's episode, we have Dan Larkin, CEO and founder of Go Solo. I am super excited to chat with Dan. How are you doing today, my friend?
1: I'm good. Brett's good to be on with you. And hello to the Grow to Gold community.
0: That's awesome. So Dan, let's jump right in and share your story, man. I know a little bit about you. I've done some research, but I'm excited to introduce you to the audience. Where are you from? Tell us your story.
1: Oh man, I'm kind of from all over. Uh, Born in Louisiana, a weird place uh, to say that I'm from. Not a lot of people are from there. It's a good place to be from though. Uh, Grew up in South Dakota and then uh, bounced around kind of a product of divorce, remarriage and job changes and all of that. Uh, Ended up in California for a while, where I met my business partner, Jeremy. Uh, He and I went to high school together for a few years, and then finished high school uh, in Portland, Oregon. Um, Yeah, so all over. Then, yeah, I came to Utah for school, got instantly recruited to sell door-to-door. Started selling security in 2007. Um, Did that until 2012 um bouncing all over the country uh and uh ended up settling back here in utah in 2014.
0: nice so my first question for you is have you done did you ever do sales before you got recruited right into security when, when you got to school in utah or is that a new thing for you
1: sales uh no i'd never really sold anything before uh not not in the truest sense i mean everybody's selling something it, you know, every conversations, the uh, opportunities sell would be sold. Sure. But, um, but no, you, you know, it was, um, just kind of a weird set of events. A buddy of mine said, Hey, let's go to Puerto Rico and sell security in Puerto Rico. And, uh, I had a good manager, uh, Jeff Strong, who, uh, you might know from the, mm-hmm. the uh, living solar days, sure. um, who kind of showed me the ropes and, that was it. I, honestly, after that first summer, I didn't ever plan on doing it again, um, but in, you kind of know how it goes. It's a really great uh, vehicle to, to continue to build wealth and on the off season, focus on school and family. And it was kind of a, a interesting um, time, you know, newly married, out there, trying to grind during the summer so I could focus during the year. Um, we ended up having, um, some medical issues, um, that left us with a ton of debt. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll still go to school, but then I'll just travel on the weekends and I'll go sell on the weekends. Um, and I started doing that year round. Then when my new, my first child was born almost 10 years ago, um, he was in the NICU for five days, and uh, you know, I don't know if you know how much it costs to rent the NICU for one baby. It's like twenty grand a day. So wow. uh, you know, that piled on top of the debt that I already had, and I just I'm like, I'm gonna end up with school debt and hospital debt. I'm just I'm just gonna go out and start my own my own security company because I can get make a little bit more money and just kind of really dove into it really early on you know, kind of on my own and um, found a, that I really enjoyed running businesses more than I even enjoyed just at being out there on the on the door selling
0: yeah that makes total sense so when you first so you said you didn't want to get back into it it sounds like by kind of product of circumstance you, you kind of had to because it was probably the most lucrative opportunity you had but what did you what did you learn about yourself when you were out there for the first summer because obviously there were some good lessons you took from it
1: yeah my first summer um, oh dude, it was, I was the only one of kind of my cohort of friends that went out that stuck through the whole summer. Um, and you know, a couple of them switched over to installing is some, you know, they found that to be a little bit more to their liking. Stable. Um, stable. More stable. Sure. Yeah. Let Other people, you know, put bread on their table for them. Uh, sure. <laughs> but it, it, it was, um, really just a, it was all about consistency versus intensity, right? It was just get out there and just keep grinding, just keep grinding. And uh, knowing that I could do that and not go crazy, you know, not kind of lose my mind to the monotony of it. Um, It showed, you know, that no matter what may come, I'd always have something to kind of fall back on. And it was really just, uh, I had it in me to just put my head down and, and uh, put my feet on the pavement and go.
0: I love that. And then that confidence, I'm assuming that you generated in yourself from doing that led to you jumping in right away, of course, plus some debt, medical expenses and, and things like that into being an owner operator pretty quickly, it sounds like. So yeah. what what did that look like?
1: You know, it's it's amazing how much selling and uh, and being and being successful in sales it has the that instant feedback loop of confidence that comes with it right you, you're confident you sell you get more confident and that is so heavily related with optimism right you know, like i know and actually this happened almost every summer for me we'd go into a new market and I'd get my teeth kicked in for a week or two weeks. I'm like, God, oh, I don't think I can do this anymore. And then I have to go through this whole like reset of, dude, you can do this. There are four people out there every single day who will buy from you. All you got to do is work hard enough and, uh, and train hard enough and study hard enough and you'll get it. And, uh, and what all of that kind of taught me was to be this eternal optimist and, uh, and that is translated to a, a kind of a, a business owner operator, um, where there's always a solution to every problem. And it, you know, if you're willing to get creative and you know really get into it, you'll always find your way out of anything.
0: Yeah, that that's that that's that's awesome. And that's exactly what's led you and we'll jump a little bit ahead, but I'm sure that's what led you now to being able to recognize when there's a problem, what's the solution and how do you solve it? Right. And that sounds like that's exactly what you've done now with your current venture solo. And we could jump into that now up to you, or we can continue the story up until this point, but I definitely would like to just continue to, to close the loop on. So you go from door knocking one summer, medical debt, other debts piling up, your child's in the NICU, you, you got to make stuff happen, right? So now you jump in, you start your own company, take some imperfect action on that. I'm assuming at that point, you've never run a business, right? Because you just started knocking doors.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'd been uh, early, entrepreneurship's kind of in my family and a little uh, kind of got caught the bug early on. And I'd done like Christmas lights and stuff like that in the winter on the off season, just, um, you know, I'm like, Oh, this could translate to selling door to door Christmas lights. It doesn't, it's sure. not a one one translation. And even if it were the money's not very good there. Um, but you know, it, it, I, so I had that experience. I read a great book after my first summer called the power of starting something stupid by Richie Norton. Mm. Um, and it, if you've ever like had the the inclination to start a business you've just been afraid of the of not having enough uh, a dependable income or you, you know the the you know if you love the cushion of the job you're in whatever that book is really powerful to just kind of kick you in the butt to to do something um he's a good friend of mine uh from growing up and it was a honestly is probably one of the main reasons why I made the transition from just working for someone to working for myself. But yeah, I mean, for me at the time it was, I have to, I have to pay off all of this debt or I'll never get out from under this and owning a company. I just cut out a middleman and I can, I can put a little bit more cash in, in the bank that's not the same for everybody. Some people are really great salespeople. Some people are really great managers. And sometimes um, managers aren't the best salespeople. And sometimes salespeople aren't the best managers. and Sometimes managers don't make good business owners. But for me, it, it translated really well. I was able to kind of ease my way into it. And then um, out knocking doors uh, one day in, um, in California, I basically came across a gentleman with a sign in his yard that said, Ask me about solar. And so I asked him about solar. I was trying to sell him security. It was kind of my door approach. I'm like, hey, I'm here. I see a signing card about solar. Tell me about solar. And um, so uh, sold him a security system. And then we started talking about, um, about how he makes money from that sign. And apparently he was a reseller. Uh, I wouldn't call it a reseller. He was a referral partner for Solar City. This was probably late summer 2012. Um, and I'm like, oh, I could do that. I could refer all this business to Solar City and make $500 per install. You're already
0: out there knocking the doors. You're already out there and running the company. Yeah.
1: So we got we got signed on um, through a company called Paramount, actually, um, which turned into um, – well, they were acquired by Solar City, And then this was Hayes Barnard and his group who then became Lone Pal No Goodly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got signed on through them as a referral partner and all of our leads – um, would just go go to them and they'd give us a kickback if it closed. Then fast forward six months or so, um, twenty mid twenty thirteen, and only like eight percent of these hyper qualified leads were actually installing. And I'm just like, that's that's not good enough. Right history's
0: history's repeating itself. Now it's time for yeah. you to just start doing it.
1: It's exactly what happened. So I called uh, I called Solar City. I'm just like, guys, this has been interesting to learn how solar works and I'm seeing, you know, Vivent solar starting to really crush it. And I know that, you know, we're just as good as those dudes. There's no reason why I can't be closing these. So um, they're like, well, you know, we're not really bringing on any more resellers right now. And I'm like, look, do you have any resellers knocking doors? So they said, no. I'm like, do you have any sales reps knocking doors? And they said, no. So I'm like, look, come down. Meet with me and you know let's talk about this. Uh, I'd love to be your exclusive door-to-door reseller. Um, so they they called back and said, look, we'll come down and do an on-site visit. We got to look at your brick-and-mortar office, and I'm like, brick-and-mortar office? Like I'm running this business out of my garage, you know. And uh, so we rented an office, and I told all of my reps to bring paintings and plants and anything they got to make it look bit bring their husbands and wives and put on an, uh, back then, this company is called evolve, put on an evolve shirt and, uh, fill the office. So when they're down for their onsite, it looked more legit. So, so they awesome. sent some, yeah, they sent down their dude. And, uh, he's like, oh, all right. you know, we can, uh, we can get this going right away. Um, and I'm like, great, but I want exclusivity in door to door. Um, and it worked. I mean, honestly, that exclusivity is the only reason why um, Evolve grew the way that it did um, as fast as it did. And so was that re- I don't mean to interrupt. Was that regional
0: exclusivity or was that nationwide?
1: That was nationwide. Yeah. Let's
0: go. They, That's they, an impressive they, story.
1: At the, it's funny cause I'm, I was talking to them about door to door. They didn't even know who Vivint was. So really, um, at the time, this was this was early 2013. I'm like, look at what Vivin's doing, and they're like, who? They're like, who? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, you guys, door to door is going to be where it's at. And they actually started their own door to door program not too much longer. It was probably six months later um, they started. But you know, we kind of f- struggled for the first couple of months to figure out the entirety of their like uh, processes, it was very difficult to sell solar. And this kind of gets us back to, um, you know, to, to where solo is today, which, which um, kind of is a amalgamation of, of what we started back then, uh, of just combining all of the different processes and segments and softwares and, you know, disparate systems that people use to try to piece together a, a good flow and uh and you know when i was selling for solar city before they even had a door-to-door program i'm trying to use their systems and it literally took me four hours to figure it out and it took them oh yeah it took them two weeks to get a cad back to me um and then uh, i mean it was a really miserable experience Um, and they got they improved over time and but what i what i decided is that that is not a system that door-to-door reps could use. It's just not something not scalable unless I'm hiring every single rep as a baller who's super tech, you know, tech literate and not all of them are.
0: Even then, even then, right? When you're going out knocking doors, you're generating relationships out of thin air. If you can't show somebody something really quickly and really build that value, it's a tough sell.
1: It is. So um, we started, uh, we built a whole backend team. We were the we were the first company uh, to decentralize, um, or sorry, I should say, to centralize all of the support systems to a back office team, uh, who would you know create the lead in the CRM, create the design, import the design into the proposal, you know, create the account in the um, in the in DocuSign. Um, build out the entire credit application and basically have everything ready for the sales rep Um, and what would take a sales rep hours to do, now they could just focus on that conversation with the homeowner and and build that relationship uh, and kind of push the momentum forward while they had somebody supporting them in the back end. And then over time, we continued to replace that, tech, that um, manual process on the back end with automation and technology. And that's essentially what uh, you know, Solo is today, is just a, a hyper automated, uh, very sleek, very interactive um, uh, culmination of all of the manual processes that we had set up before. Smart. So I guess we have Solar City being a bit clunky in the beginning to
0: thank for yeah. Solo being where it is today.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, blame Hayes and his team for that. They inherited those systems and they made them so much better. But if they were, uh, if they were what uh, they could have been, yeah, Solo probably wouldn't exist.
0: Wow. I mean, innovation, I mean, that's really what you did. You came in, you recognized the problem and you provided a solution to it. So that makes a ton of sense. Well, Evolve really was the test case. That was kind of the incubator for Solo's process from what I'm hearing from you, right?
1: Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, we ended up selling Evolve in 2015 to Sun Edison, who went bankrupt um, later that year. And then so that
0: was it, just really quick. Then just for some context, cause I was at Vivint when Greg Butterfield tried to structure the Sun Edison merger on that. And then they just yep. bit off. It seemed like way more than they can chew. So they picked up Evolve, and then that, and then right after that, that's when they tried to acquire Vivint. It was, was that the timeline?
1: Yeah. So, th- um, that deal closed for us in August of, um, what was that? August, 2015. Um, and then, uh, it was just days after my 30th birthday, which is why I remember it was. Wow. Okay. So So, did they
0: then own the IP that you created for that entire process?
1: That's such a fun question. Um, no, because, uh, they didn't like it. (laughs) Wow. Well, it shows
0: shows you how good a decision makers they were.
1: Yeah. They, uh, they had their hearts set on NetSuite and our system was a whole completely just all around Salesforce mm-hmm. and automating and, uh, integrating and APIing with Salesforce to do all what of this. What, what another blessing. These things just yeah. keep working out for you. Well, and then what we ended up doing, uh, well, they went bankrupt and in our, in our, um, uh, agreement essentially that released us from any non-competes. So wow. I had actually, and the, and, and the check and the check still cleared. Oh, no 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 way um, yeah. the first the first maybe six checks cleared uh <laughs> lots of lessons learned as a young kid you know first real business you know, that we had built we were originating around 2000 installs a month for solar city at the time and uh maybe another few hundred a month in Puerto Rico for sonova um you know so you, it and we saw a easy quick path to some liquidity and we're like let's do it and they're the biggest you know baddest company uh, in the industry they've got the most cash they've been around the longest turns out it's it was way more than just biting off more than they could chew there was a lot of underlying issues and uh, um, and uh, that company was going under no matter what but you know we're you're 30 years old and someone waves $50 million at you, you just kind of say yes and go with it. Sure. And honestly, I, I, uh, uh, you know, if anything comes out of those bankruptcy hearings, that'll be great. But we've kind of kind of chalked it up to a, uh, a hard, another
0: lesson. Yeah. Another lesson. But look again, had it all worked out solo probably wouldn't, you know, the technology would have been with them. Had they wanted yeah. to not use NetSuite and go with Salesforce, so it's. Yeah. I'm really enjoying getting to know you through this conversation, Dan. This is really fun. So jumping into it, then. So Solo is now. So so Sun Edison goes bankrupt. You get the ability to now continue to do this. So what's the thought process at this point? Is it go back to evolve and keep rebuilding, or is it on to the next? What's going on cool. in your mind?
1: Eventually, we rebranded, evolve, and launched it as a as a another uh solar startup um and the industry had shifted because of actually a lot to do with sun edison from the days of where you and i were kind of used to making 150 to 250 dollars a kilowatt when we're closing deals to now people were making 750 a kilowatt and um you know we had we when we launched our, our new business um we were trying to tout that technology as like come work for us and you get our software and a lot of the people that had worked with us before were now making 750 dollars kilowatt elsewhere as a dealer for somebody and they didn't want to come back and make 300 a kilowatt uh, but they wanted the software and so once we had heard that story enough, we said, okay, maybe there's more value in the software than in solar, uh, than in you know selling solar directly. Um, let's you know let's experiment with that. And so we con- you know continued to manage our solar team, and we built out um, a SaaS uh, team. We brought on uh, you know a, a true CTO you know, and, um, you know, a chief operating officer that had focused on uh, solar process, but it was also, you know, had some background in SaaS as well. Um, and we rebuilt the company uh, the way that tech investors would look at SaaS companies. And, and um, quickly we realized that, you know, back then we were doing maybe a few thousand proposals a month as a service kind of, Today we do, you know, we'll do a few thousand proposals every hour. You know, wow. so I mean, um, it's a very different world today than it was back you know, then. Um, how many, but,
0: how many, how many employees now? How many designers that you're handling two thousand an hour?
1: Well, the funny thing is, most of it now. Uh, so it started out fully manual, and then we're shifting more and more to less human touch. So each, you know, each proposal list is able to crank out. Several dozen proposals in an hour, because um, wow. the majority of the wait t- time with Solo is just technology automating a lot of those processes. But that rendering takes you know three to five minutes, um, and then queue time for a proposalist. But uh, I believe we're up to somewhere around uh, 200 uh, designers around there. That's awesome.
0: But that's awesome.
1: But yeah, that was that was a uh, 2016, 2017. Uh, late 2017, we finally realized, like, guys, running our own business for solar, it's just a different world. There's a lot of demand for the software. Let's make this, like, official and just split them. Um, and um, we divested the the, the solar company and, and continued to hire and build out Solo uh, as a standalone brand at that point.
0: It's amazing. Uh, it's a great story. It really is. And now where you guys are at, you've given your local company that isn't a Vivint, that's not a Sunrun, that's not one of these big companies, the ability, if you're a local dealer, to integrate with Solo and be able to sit at that kitchen table and be able to have a conversation with a white label proposal where you can compete neck and neck and win those deals. So yeah. you've really given, you've, you've leveled the playing field in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I mean that was uh, kind of exactly what we were, um, what we were hoping to accomplish. Right? Is you can look and feel like a number one brand, right? You, you, and when you're competing with uh, Sunrun or even back then Solar City, Tesla, I mean they have unlimited resources, but they, you know, what we've been able to do is we've been able to empower, you know, a a chuck in a truck, right? To to look and feel exactly like, uh, I shouldn't say exactly like, look and feel as big as and as powerful as and as technological as any major solar installer in the country.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. And And speaking from somebody, I've worked in the largest and the smallest. And when you have the ability to go walk into a home with a tool like Solo, where you can click on it, make edits in real time, change pricing, I mean, that that didn't exist when I got into the industry in 2013. Like you said before, everything, the processes were very cumbersome. You were tying one thing to another, things didn't communicate well. And now you can walk in and provide a streamlined process and get a design back in 15 minutes. I mean, what you've really done here is it's 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 evolution. I mean, it's, it's really cool to see how things have evolved. So going from here what's next you guys are integrating roofing like what's what's coming for solo next that the that the community here can look out for
1: oh so much um you know we continue to invest in um uh you know we put it, as much of our growth as our company you know as we've had we put 100 percent of that growth back into r&d so mm-hmm. um we are Uh, We are constantly um, pushing the limits of what our current features are, uh, you know, what they do and the problems that they solve, and we're, uh, you know, continuing to take steps to solve future problems Um, that, well, I guess problems that exist today that are, uh, you know, that need to be solved for the industry to continue to push where it needs to be in three to five years, right? So we're solving today's issues. We're also looking at where we need to be. Um, That said, you know, some of the biggest stuff uh, for us, we didn't come at this from a solar egghead engineering background. We're not engineers. Um, I've hired a lot of engineers and a lot of, you know, uh, doctors and stuff that, that understand all of the uh, back-end systems to be able to calculate um, production estimates accurately, all of that. But that's kind of, we're coming at this from the kitchen you know, kitchen table conversation, how we continue to drive that to be the most efficient and productive with the highest conversion rates possible. Um, and we keep an eye on that a lot. We also are looking at, well, what happens if a homeowner wants to um, wants to seek solar out themselves and, and buy without a human, Involved in the buying process, so we're in. So what we've developed is a fully automated um, production irradiation uh, tool that we're calling SunPixel, that will create really powerful, um, 3d renderings of the home, uh, all with our own proprietary imagery, uh, all of our own uh, patented technology for calculating production estimates all in real time within a couple of minutes. So, wow. you know, the days of waiting 15 minutes for a proposal are gone. Um, and now it, what we've said is, uh, you know, how can we then empower that homeowner to, kind of move themselves through the buying process and get to where that, uh, that design um, is meaningful enough to them to where they can actually convert on their own. Um, And, you know, I, I look at that a lot of ways, not as a way of like cutting out a salesperson at all. But for me, if you think about like, um, I, I mean, if you think about MLMs, right. And I don't, Take this as anything more than just like face value that each of the independent distributors they have like their own branded business, right? Mm-hmm. And you can go on to your, you know, Brett's MLM link and find and buy goods and services basically from you, even though it's all just white labeled and branded as you, and it's somebody else fulfilling on the back end. So, how much more powerful in solar? Now, not necessarily looking at this as an MLM, but that same type of concept of empowering a, um, uh, you know, a, a, a sales rep for, uh, you know, ABC Solar Co, to push people on social media, whatever, to his website, and then the website is working while he sleeps, and people are buying solar from him, right on his branded website, uh, and then empower. You know, you can take that across hundreds of thousands of people working in solar that, and it can get really powerful. Um, And, uh, and then those same tools are the, are the tools that he's using or she's using at the kitchen table where now you can hire people who are, you know, continuing to develop their sales tools and their sales skill sets, their person, you know, their, their relationship management tools and way less focus on, the uh you know the the solar technical back end right and i they love, can continue, continue I love focus on
0: big dollars. So from like, a referral standpoint so when i got into this business everything one of my big quotes dan is everything you want in life is on the other side of a relationship that you haven't formed yet and i always try and spend time really connecting with home with homeowners and just people in general and i think just looking at what you just said, from my own experience, I was like 80% referral in about six months, just really harnessing those relationships. And Mm. if you think about that, a lot of reps have now sold in multiple different markets. Mm. So the ability to give somebody that might be selling in New Jersey, but just came from California, the opportunity to work through that process and have their customers essentially take themselves through it as a referral. So you know, they're not really shopping, they want to work with you. That's an yeah. incredible idea.
1: Yeah. So, so the, no, I, I mean it is. It, that's exactly the vision, right? It's it is to help drive better conversions for the sales rep. Obviously, when he is involved in those conversations, but empower him with leverage so that he can leverage our technology to continue to scale even when he's you know he can only do one conversation at a time
0: mm-hmm.
1: now if you can if you can drive 80 percent referral business and you can get all of your customers pushing people to links and those links can convert better right now you know web ads everything might convert at one or two percent right that's low if, if we can drive that conversion rate up then i mean any quality rep who can build a relationship and get and just get people to, to drive to some technology that can really empower the homeowner to make those buying decisions without, you know, rep being involved. I mean, they're, they'll be making money in their sleep. Right. So, I mean, uh, look at
0: what COVID just did. COVID expedited how many companies, you know, now that are selling through solar that are full virtual, they don't even go to a home. So what you're talking about COVID expedited all of this in a big way.
1: Yeah. And a lot of these tools, um, Actually, have, have been a response to the needs of those companies that have moved virtual. So telemarketing, our tool has been primarily very interactive and dynamic for in-person, you know, communication, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it works really well, uh, but there are some major improvements that can help the dialogue and the interaction uh, on a uh, of a telemarketer when they're using the solo tool that we're launching as well. So we're in beta right now with a, a new, uh, uh, tool. I think I, I mentioned earlier, we call it SunPixel. pixel and yeah. the sun tool has a couple of main aspects to it, but one of them includes a, a design uh, a, a tool that the sales rep can use in the home, um, back in the home security days. Um, you know, we used to walk through the home and point at the door and, uh, you know, show the people where their vulnerabilities were to kind of build momentum in that, in that discussion. And in solar, you don't really have a lot of that. Um, And so you just kind of go straight and get the utility bill and you sit down and you go through it and you start, you know, you know, designing things and that's as close as you get. Mm -hmm. Um, So Doing a design is a process that guys like you and I who actually used to have to do designs way back when um, you know that's a skill set that some of the old dogs really they have and they want to be able to put to use so a better design kind of DIY design tool as part of the solo proposal will allow uh, telemarketers and kind of the DIY designers out there uh, access to kind of uh, advanced um permission sets uh, if the owners of their companies are open to kind of leveling them up like that that way we can keep the designing capabilities that really have a lot of impact on on uh, uh cash impacts for the business in the hands of reps that are really um experienced and out of the hands of new reps who probably shouldn't be designing on people's homes But again, there's probably 10 or 15% of sales reps out there that like to do their own design. And so we're providing tools for them to be able to do that. um, Yeah, like you
0: said before, the ability, you know, when you and I were selling, designing our own systems, the ability to sit there with a homeowner and actually design it with them. I mean, I know now personally using Solo, when you click and red and green panels, and you can get them to agree that, yes, I want panels here and not here. And they feel like they're engaged in that process of actually designing their own system either doing it on a basic level like that or a little bit more in depth is definitely an advantage, especially if you're in home. But if you're trying to have somebody do it on their own, again, giving them the best solution and making it easy for them to go through that process on their own, that's a game changer. Because this is something where now, Dan, I'm doing some consulting coaching and really sharing my perspective on being in the industry since 2013 and where it's going. I thought I was late to the party back then. You know, I was working with guys in 2013 that were making half a million bucks a year at 180 bucks a kilowatt that, you know, fast forward now that same volume, you're probably talking two and a half to 3 million bucks. Yeah. So, you know, being in that position now, it's like, I look at where we're at in 2021 going into 2022 here in a couple couple of weeks. And I don't know about you, but I feel like this industry is just getting started
1: yeah. I mean, it's an awesome, it's an awesome observation. Cause you know, when we first got in the industry, I mean, I, uh, I had buddies that were already like running offices, making great money, et cetera. I definitely felt late to the party, but you know, market penetration back then, you know, we were kind of told this story of like, Hey, we've only got 2% market penetration. There's so, so much to do. And today we're still sitting at around 2% market penetration, right? They're building houses faster than we can put solar on them. And it, which just makes this, an interesting situation where the technology has evolved, you know, and if not, you know, doubled or tripled since we started, both from panel efficiency, inverter technology, battery technology is crazy different today than it was back then. Um and you know software technology that it can be used to originate deals, you know, hashtag solo. If I had all of those resources and tools then, like I do now, I mean it would have been a game changer back then. But Um, it it is, it's amazing how, um, how far the technology has come with still the same amount of upside for people to come join us, right? If not more if not more. And the, and the crazy thing is like, we're falling behind. Like the, like not only is there just so much to do, we're not even, we're not even close to scratching the the surface of what we should be doing. Right. Mm. You think about how many homes are out there, how many homes they're building, how many people qualify for solar. Like we should be installing a million homes uh, more than we are every year. And that, that difference of where we are today and a million plus more homes per year than we're getting now to just catch up to where we should be, especially if we want to be hitting the kind of net zero emission goal by like 2050, that's, you know, that's the pace where we need to be. Um, and those are fun. Those are fun problems to solve, right? That is everybody jumping in and doing their part and making everybody more efficient. Necessities of other innovation. We need a million more homes installed every year, which means we need based on conversion rates. We need at least, uh, what, like a million, eight, 2 million homes just, just to get pitched. Right. We, we, it, Probably more than that, it, it double that—just leads that we need to create. So there's so much opportunity in all aspects of this business, um, and unfortunately, right now we kind of feel throttled, even just by equipment shortages and things like that. But um, you know, the way that I continue to. See see the industry where it's going is just is improvement by degree right it's it's taking baby steps baby steps baby steps that over time we see massive improvement i mean it's been eight or nine years since we had a four-hour sales process with five different softwares and nine month install timelines and now we're down to a you know 30 to 45 day install timelines with a you know a a one-stop shop software that can do it all for you in a few minutes and and then getting from there to automating that into a permit while you're still in the home, like that's that's where I see solo going like our contribution to getting to a million more homes is pushing the boundaries to getting more proposal to permit while the sales rep is still in the house. And that's that's uh, that's how I kind of see us continuing to push that envelope and uh, push the efficiency and success of the sales reps to help us to get to that you know million more homes a year um as soon as possible this has to happen now
0: yeah that's powerful and what
1: you just said i just want to echo again still
0: two percent you know like when i go out there and some of my clients in the solar industry i go out and still knock and talk to homeowners just to see where we're at now from 2013 until going into 2022 the majority of homeowners still don't know that they can switch over to solar and not invest any money up front the number one objection is still financial like it just bugs my mind that we have not been able to cross that gap. But when we do, and you and I were talking about this pre-show, what's the stop a company like Amazon or Ikea, as you mentioned, from getting into this space and, and being a disruptor just like Solo is? And I think not not to scare anybody listening to this, but you, you speak from a place of experience and, and knowledge from your seat of what's coming and how much volume Solo is doing. What do you think is coming in, in terms of future disruptions?
1: Yeah, I mean... Um, I know for a fact that some of these big retailers are looking very seriously at how they can jump into this space and help um, drive it. There's so much money being invested and there's so many political uh, pressures on institutional investment uh, uh, in institutional investors to put their money towards solving these problems specifically uh, that uh, that's all that's going to do is drive a lot more people into the industry um and it's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of us to uh you know to be more efficient, and to uh, and to get deals installed faster, and and to be cheaper. It's going to put pressure on finance companies to have uh, better products with lower fees. It's going to put pressure on um, on manufacturers to manufacture more efficient modules at at cheaper rates, and it's going to. And honestly, it'll put pressure on uh, sales and origination companies to originate at more um, sustainable. Cost structures for the homeowner, and all of that will continue to drive this equilibrium in the industry. That will uh, that will lead to something that is sustainably scalable. That we can then go after market share or market penetration because we you know we're barely scratching the itch on early adopters and to get to that you know that majority uh, you know that's 10x what we're doing right now as far as origination. So the only way to do that is to have it apply to more people, which means it needs to be cheaper, it needs to be better, it needs to be faster. And that educational barrier, like that's one of the main um, barriers that we see as a as a problem that Solo can help solve. Right, we can help make solar a easier product for a homeowner to understand a lot faster and we can make uh the process which is another one of those uh, those barriers to adoption right now is the process is slow it's clunky it's it's difficult for a lot of homeowners a lot of parts of the country and we can we can shorten those time frames we can make it simpler and easier and more streamlined um but if we all do our part then you'll continue to make more money uh, and you'll and uh more homeowners will continue to get uh, to get solar installed and we'll be able to see this industry 10x over a short period of time and you know rising tide and raise, you know raises all ships so so is, is your plan.
0: mindset is and, and that was an awesome explanation is your mindset then that the future sales rep is going to have maybe less friction in getting deals through maybe they get they might get paid a little bit less in the future, but this is really going to be more of a volume game and an efficiency game. Is that what you're saying? hundred
1: percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, as, as all industries mature, you see the same thing happen everywhere. And, uh, you know, as we start making, you know, overcoming a lot of those barriers to market penetration and solving a lot of the pain points that we pay sales reps right now, a lot of money to solve, then they'll be able to do a lot more volume, and get paid a little bit less, but in the aggregate, they'll make way more than they're making today. Um, and But at the same time, you know, we'll be able to accelerate that adoption curve.
0: I keep going back to what you said before, just putting myself back when selling you know, a couple hundred, and I'm like, oh my God. Because when I went out to California, I had a whole referral source in New York where I was from that was calling me and calling me, and the ability for me to just shoot them a link and have them go through the exact same process that I would have gone through with them in person and make those people feel as if I was still there, and they're controlling that aspect of it, that's a game changer. So that's super exciting but, to hear how much Solo really is gonna help in the education and adoption process and not just be a design tool.
1: And beyond that, Solo, we actually have built out a really um, impressive database of AHJs. Uh, mm-hmm. and we've got over 4,000 AHJs in our database now. And even the weird, obscure ones that you like, ah, oh, nobody knows this one. You know, we've got them built in and a lot of them are looking at, um, technology as a way to solve some of these same issues that everybody's dealing with from COVID of, you know, of, uh, bandwidth issues in permitting, right? Permitting is a massive bottleneck. And if we can use, uh, you know, a government resource like solar app plus, I don't know if you're familiar with solar mm-hmm. app plus, but you should be, um, and integrate all 4,000 of these AHJs into solar app plus, and we can go from. Our uh, new Sun data automated into CAD and populate a permit sub, uh, uh, that is already pre-approved by Solarat Plus to go through these processes with these HJs. You literally could go from seamless from you know, hey, sending someone a link from California to New York. They go through the process, and by the by the time that they're done, they get an email saying, "Hey, your permit is approved." Then then this gets really exciting, right? So yeah, that is, uh, I think that it, it, it's going to be technology that solves a lot of those problems to empower sales reps to, 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 um, reach the, uh, the populace that we need to reach to hit the type of install goals that we need to just catch up and then stay on par with our, our net zero emission goals. And that is going to, that type of technology will take time, but I'm, I'm looking at this as like a you know, three year runway, right within the next three years, we'll be able to do instant permitting at point of sale from anywhere in the country and, um, you know, have equipment shipped straight to their customers home for next day installs. You know, mm. and that is, you know, to me, that is, uh, those are the problems that are really fun to solve. And that, you know, that is where pressures from all over will, will continue to help, the industry develop in a in a way that is way more consumer friendly um, and that is way more sustainable at scale.
0: I don't think there's anything else to
1: say. Dan, this has been an absolute
0: pleasure of an interview. I had high expectations and hopes for this one, but <laughs> you exceeded them all, well, my friend. So thank you so much for giving me some time on this. I feel so optimistic about where all this is heading. And, and your vision is crystal clear, man. And it's done, it's done a lot for me to have confidence in what I'm doing as well. So thank you so much for your time. And before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share? Any final pieces of advice, wisdom, anything you want to drop on the community before we part ways?
1: No, I really appreciate being on here with you, man. I love what you're doing. Um, the industry needs Uh, leadership like yours, and guidance from, uh, you know, from, from wise people like you to keep pushing us forward. Um, If I could leave anything, uh, you know, for me, uh, entrepreneurship in general has been a kind of a product of this um, confidence and enthusiasm and optimism for life that I've developed over the years. And, you know, it, it doesn't, you know there are times when you just get kicked and you just don't want to get up you know you're just like i don't want to do that anymore it it hurts to get you know it hurts to get kicked but um there's always a better day out there and it's it's amazing how how brief and how short the pain is if i were to look back at where we started there were so many times where we just almost folded shop cuz it was like I don't know how we're going to make it work, uh, but we'll do it. And then you know it hurts and it sucks. And I'm like I wish we could just fast forward six months, but you know y- you learn so much going through it. So my one thing of advice here for people who are are considering making changes, considering getting into this industry, um, just do it. Like I, you know, you learn a lot as you grow. And uh, one of the best things I ever did was make a huge leap uh, of faith into an industry that I knew nothing about and just kind of got my teeth kicked in for a while until we figured it out. Now, you know, fast forward eight or nine years and you and I are here talking, pontificating on where the solar industry will be in three to five more years, right? It's exciting. So just do it.
0: It's an incredible story. Thank you for that. I know that
1: that resonated with me and
0: I know that for sure resonated with the people listening to this as well. So Dan, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you? They have questions. They want to reach out to you, ask you a question about this. Can they find you on Instagram, on Facebook, LinkedIn? Yeah. Where can somebody connect cool. with you?
1: Um, Instagram, uh, Dan in the van. Uh, and then uh, LinkedIn, um, obviously there as well. Um, and then just Dan at GoSolo.io. You can shoot me an email.
0: Awesome, Dan. I appreciate you being so transparent, vulnerable with us, man. This was an incredible episode. If you have not yet subscribed to the Grow to Gold podcast, please make sure you do so. Leave us a review, give us a, a like, help us to organically grow this show and feel free to share this one with a friend because I know it's going to impact them as much as it did you. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Grow to Gold podcast. Take care.